What's up? Good afternoon. It's another episode of the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. I'm your host, Tani Levitt, coming to you live from the basement this week. Not from the car anymore. My mic broke, so we have to be inside today so we can plug in. But we've got an awesome episode for you nonetheless. Last week, we talked about Josh Christopher spurning Michigan for Arizona State and Isaiah Todd decommitting and deciding to go to the G League. Well, I needed to follow up with that. So today, I'm going to bring on Sam Webb for the Inside Michigan Basketball Podcast and MichiganInsider.com. Sam covers Michigan for 24-7 sports, and he has so much intel on what's going on in Ann Arbor on the basketball side. So really exciting uh, conversation for you guys coming up soon. Before we get there, though, I did want to give uh, another special shout out to those people coming live from the embeds. Uh, I hope you will take the time and subscribe in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is you get your podcasts straight into your phone. So that way you don't have to wait for an article for me to embed. You know, it'll come straight to your phone right when it goes live. Another big shout out to, I saw about 10 of you guys gave five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. I don't know who you are because you only gave us the stars, but we appreciate it nonetheless. And if you want to shout out and if you want to give us some specific content guidelines, throw in a review there also. And then I will give you a shout out on the show and hopefully we'll be able to cover your topic. So again, if you want to give an idea for what we should cover, questions you want maybe Jerry to ask, bring him on for a Q&A. Put that in a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And that's going to do it for my intro. Today, we're talking about Michigan basketball with Sam Webb. All right, and we've got a special guest this week, Sam Webb from the Inside Michigan Basketball Podcast and MichiganInsider.com, and I swear that was the first time I tried saying those two things back-to-back. Sam, how you doing? Doing great, Tanny. How are you? <laughs> Good, and, and even better now that I got that out of my system. So... um yeah, last week there was some pretty serious news coming out of Ann Arbor, uh, people leaving Ann Arbor, and and so I had to get you onto the show. I guess let let's start here. You know, Michigan had a decommitment. A guy decides to go to the G League, Isaiah Todd, and then Josh Christopher snubs them for Arizona State, and yet they've still got like a top three class in program history, at least in the twenty four seven sports composite era. And so you know, Michigan basketball is in a weird place. So I want to zoom out and I'm going to let you talk in a second. Like what, what is the vibe in Ann Arbor after Juwan Howard's first season and coming into this weird Corona season? Yeah. You know, I think, I I think you have to recalibrate a bit uh, and realize what you just said, that Michigan still wound up with the number one class in the big 10. It's a class that looks a lot like a John Beeline class with, uh, you know, three players in the top 100 and in that 30 to 100 range. Uh, which is kind of the area that John Beeline, uh, you know, he was in more than people give him credit for. He started out getting guys outside of the top 100 and coaching them up, developing them. As he got deeper in, he started getting those top 100 variety guys and growing them into lottery caliber players. Jawan Howard was going to come in and and take a piece of that. So he was going to still do the 30 to 100 guys, but he was going to add some cherries on top. So your 30 to 100 guys are your three to four year players, the ones that perpetuate your culture. They they allow you to bring in those those five star guys, and you got players on the roster to teach your system because those five those five star guys are only going to be around one or two years. So he was going to have the mix, the three and four year guys with the one and two year guys. 
he got half of that. He got the three and four year guys and not the one and two year guys. So there's some disappointment there. But I think as people, you call it zoom out, as people zoom out, you realize, okay, they still have a really good class with players that are going to impact them immediately. Hunter Dickinson, the big man in the middle, uh, is a top top 40 guy. You got Zeb Jackson, a combo guard uh, in the top 70. And then, of course, you round things out in the top 100 with Terrence Williams, who's a nice combo forward. Uh, you know, it it is not going to change the approach for Jawan Howard. He is still going to go after those five-star guys. It's a volatile kind of uh, recruiting life to have because those guys, there's so much more scrutiny and attention on them that when you lose one, you feel it more, not just because of the talent, but because everyone is focused on them. But again, you realize still got a really good class. And next year when he wades back into that five-star pool, he will do so with the benefit of more time. These five-star guys he just lost out on are guys he just got on last summer. Well, this next round of five-star guys will be guys that he have been, been on for a year longer and have more time to put in uh, relationship building with. The hope is that that reaps more positive dividends in that regard. You only need to land one of them. Uh, you land one of them, you'll be fine as long as you round things out, round your recruiting effort out with those you know, other highly regarded guys that might take a little more developing. Wow, <laughs> so much to unpack there. Um, and, and I don't, I don't want to th- make you think that I'm, I'm this guy who is only interested in your pain. Nonetheless, <laughs> I want to, I want to ask a, a very basic question. And like, I know Juwan Howard is doing a good job recruiting, and I know, um, you know, he'll have more time with the next batch of five stars. Nonetheless, how tough was that gut punch when, in quick succession? Josh Christopher, Spurn, Michigan, and Isaiah Todd then decommitted. And this was all, you know, in, in quick succession. Yeah, it was in a, in a day, in a 24-hour period. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough because, you know, Michigan had done a, a great job recruiting Josh Christopher, every reason to believe that they were in strong shape. Now, in fairness to Josh, he was never a silent commitment to Michigan. He never told them he was coming, but uh, you can you can be sure that Michigan was getting very good vibes uh, from from Josh's dad, Laren, about their their standing. But again, still no promises, no promises that he was definitely coming. So I, I think in the last three or four days or so, uh, you know, maybe some, some maybe some nervousness started to build because they weren't hearing anything. Uh, you know, up until that point, there was pretty pretty regular contact, pretty a lot of encouragement about their standing. Uh, and how good they were looking, and then you know, kind of crickets the last three or four days. So that could be a sign. I mean, in retrospect, maybe you look at that as a sign that you aren't in in very good shape. Uh, but I think at the time they were looking at it like, here's a uh, a kid that is building up the intrigue and the suspense around his recruitment. So he didn't tell them. He didn't tell them what he was going to do in the three or four days leading up to his uh, to his commitment. Uh, and they say the Christopher say they didn't tell Arizona State either. Uh, and that was so he could have his moment and he could announce it. So that, you know, that led to for for Michigan. Yeah. Uh, you know, a big letdown because, uh, you know, they obviously thought they were going to get him uh, and they and they didn't. Uh, you know, a tough blow. But as you look at the circumstances again, you know, you mentioned the coronavirus. You, you wonder how much the all the time back on the home front with his brother, Caleb, who who is uh, an Arizona State player. You know, everyone's home. So now you're home with your brother. You know, maybe that's intensifying the the feeling of of wanting to be together. You're back. You're you're 
on the home front, maybe it increases the perspective of how important being around family is. Arizona State had a departure to the NBA draft that might clear clear the path for some playing time for Caleb as well. You wonder how much all of those things played into it. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, again, it was it was a tough loss, one that would have been a, you know, a difference making player on the court. And you couple that with Isaiah Todd. That wasn't it wasn't as much of a surprise with with him because they had always kept it at the forefront. Their their pro consideration mm-hmm. uh, that it came in such quick succession. Uh, maybe it was a bit jolting and, and, and maybe maybe, uh, you know, Josh Christopher's decision was part of his calculus. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, Isaiah, his, his people, his family, his coach, they always made it clear that they were going to be looking to go the pro route or looking at exploring the pro route. The, the surprise was that he went, the G League, went to the G League as opposed to overseas. So it wasn't a surprise that he decided to go pro. I think they, they, had, they, they were maybe calling it 50-50 or 60-40. I think they were encouraged that he might come to Michigan because of a great desire he expressed to play college basketball. But at the end of the day, that's not his only consideration. It was much more than a desire to play college basketball. Here you have a unique opportunity with the G League now to make a half million dollars uh, and then to have the developmental arm on top of that in a pro setting, coached by pro coaches. I understand the decision he made, and I think Michigan does too. The 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show will be right back. So I, I do want to get into what Michigan fans can expect from their basketball team next season. And I am working on the assumption that there will be a next season. But what I'll say is, you know, with with these two five-star guys, they've decided not to come to Ann Arbor. You know, is there something on the 2021 horizon, uh, you know, a five-star two that Juwan is in the mix for that Michigan fans can look forward to? Uh, I mean, yes, they are certainly wading in the five-star waters again. They've had some on campus, one that comes immediately to mind because Michigan will be, uh, you know, in, in the hunt for point guards again in the 2022 class, or excuse me, in the 2021 class. The one that comes immediately to mind is a guy that visited back in February for the Michigan State game uh, out of Memphis named Kennedy Chandler. Uh, you know, a guy who has you know, big time options, as you might expect. You're talking Kentucky, you're talking Duke, of course, uh, Memphis right there with, with Penny, Tennessee uh, is a major factor. But this is a guy that that Juwan Howard goes back with his uh, one of his sons, uh, Jet, played with Kennedy Chandler uh, in, in youth basketball, uh, you know, years back. Uh, and Kennedy's dad actually coached uh, Juwan's son on that team. So uh, yeah, there there will be some other five star guys. It's another guy from from down in Illinois that Michigan has been tracking for for some time. Uh, uh, a shooting guard named Max Christie uh, that they have uh, I think made a good early impression on. Uh, and again, you know, Juwan is going to play well in the uh, in the state of Illinois, at being where he's from. So from a five star standpoint, those are some early names. That that jump out at me, but you know, much farther down the aisle with with some guys in the four star variety. One guy that I would point to would be Jaden Akins right here in the state of Michigan, uh, from Farmington, Michigan, a wiry six three, about one hundred sixty five pound, one hundred seventy pound guy that Jawan offered not long after getting out to see him. Uh, so those are a few names that jump out at me at on the uh, on the twenty twenty one front. I love that 
very in depth. Before I let you get out of here, let's let's project forward to this upcoming season. Again, assuming uh, we have one in the way we've been used to having college basketball seasons. You know, th- this is still a really good recruiting class, which will be joining, a, a, you know, a team that I don't think everybody appreciates how good it is. You know, they they were just 10 and 10 in the, the Big Ten, but, you know, finished the season 16th in Ken Palm, had some really good wins, a, t- a couple tough losses against, you know, top 10 teams. But coming, you know, into the offseason, top 31 in our boy Cle- Kevin Flaherty's too early rankings. Big 10 had lost a lot of quality players. Maryland lost two guys. Purdue lost Harms. A bunch of guys left Ohio State. Tillman, Winston gone from Michigan State. So how do you project this upcoming season for Michigan and Juwan Howard? You know, I think... I think that they have a chance to be in contention. Again, uh, you got to wait to see what what Michigan's pro decisions look like. Does Isaiah Livers come back? Uh, that is a huge, huge question. And, and Franz Wagner, not as much of a question, but he's exploring his his pro options. If Michigan gets both of those guys back, uh, and I think they are optimistic about that, I think they have the best wing tandem uh, in the Big Ten. I mean, those guys they can they can both shoot it, uh, they can both defend. Uh, I think you'll see Isaiah Livers, uh, you know, try to round out his game uh, and be more effective off the bounce. I think Franz Wagner is just about getting bigger and stronger, so he can do an even better job of playing through contact. Uh, you know, where where Michigan is lacking is uh, creativity off the bounce. Uh, you you wonder if they will rely on Franz a little bit more to to create. It'll be interesting to see if he can do that. But a transfer from Columbia, mm-hmm. Mike Smith, uh, you know, a guy who is is a 22-plus per game scorer, albeit in the Ivy League, but uh, was a volume scorer, really good in pick-and-roll situations. Uh, he can do a lot to to maybe mitigate the loss at the point guard position. And I think Michigan will rely on a low post more. You get Hunter Dickinson in, a 7-foot-2-inch, refined back-to-the-basket guy as a true freshman, and then you get the fifth year from Austin Davis, who can bang in the post as well. You know, Michigan, provided they get their their two guys exploring their pro options back, they're right there. But, they, you know, at, at this point, you got to look at Iowa, Tanny. You know, if they get Luka Garza back, uh, I mean, they are they are the team that you look at at the top of the Big Ten. Even if they don't, they'll be up there uh, when you look at guys like, you know, C.J. Frederick, of course. Um, you have uh, you have uh, McCaffrey's kid, Connor McCaffrey as well, Joe Wieskamp. Um, Jordan Bohannon will be back from injury. So they got a lot of talent there in Wisconsin who really emerged. I was really in, impressed with the job Greg Gard did this last year with all the turmoil they had. And there's a lot of talent there. Micah Potter was maybe the revelation of the Big Ten with how he emerged. Both he's back, uh, you know, Reavers is back, Brad Davison is back, Demetrius Trice is back, uh, Aline Ford is back. <laughs> I mean that team; those two teams right there are the teams that I look to as probably the 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 the, the leaders. And then we'll see what Michigan State and Michigan what they have come back. There's a chance that Xavier Tillman comes back. So you know who comes back for the two Michigan teams and how their their returning players develop over the course of the offseason will go a long way to determining how much of a challenge they are to Iowa and Wisconsin at the top. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree with uh, everything you said. And, you know, our our buddy Gary Parrish over at the mothership at CBS Sports, you know, his, his big thing is that teams that are able to advance far in the NCAA tournament 
are often ones who get guys who have the opportunity to go pro to come back to the college level. And I think for both the teams in the state of Michigan, that is a huge question and uh, will affect their variability in the upcoming season uh, tremendously. So, Sam, that's all I got for you. And any any parting thoughts on uh, Michigan basketball right now that we didn't touch on? Yeah, I just, I mean, kind of reiterating where we came, where we came from. I, I think if you looked at Juwan Howard heading into the season, there were maybe some questions from the outside about how quickly he would adapt to the college game. And I think he did a really, really good job of, of you know, getting the buy-in of guys on the roster, uh, not not overwhelming them uh, with with his system, kind of doing it in a piecemeal way, uh, installing and instilling some of his philosophy. Now he gets a chance to build on that. Uh, in the off season, I didn't mention it in the recruiting class. You know, his son having a chance to coach his son—that's going to be a part of of an you know extension of him on the bench and in the in the locker room. A lot of things that I think you're going to see built upon from year one and year two with with Juwan Howard. He was kind of feeling his way through defensively. I remember you know seeing him struggle with with defending big men for a good portion of the early part of the season. They got better in that at that. They got better defense as a whole. He'll come back with knowledge of his team knowledge of the conference next year if he catches a couple of breaks and gets his guys back uh that declared for the nba draft uh you know livers and france uh you know back i think you'll see michigan uh be right there in contention again yeah absolutely and i think uh you know fans at home might have forgotten that michigan under juan howard already showed their peak in the bahamas and it's not it's not easy to maintain that peak over the course of a season. But that was at the very beginning of his very first season. Season two under Juwan Howard uh, in Ann Arbor looks to be a good one. Sam Webb, really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks a lot, Tani. Appreciate it. OK, that's going to do it for today's episode of the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. Thanks again to Sam for joining me. It's always good to talk to our experts. They have just a, a wealth of knowledge, in-depth knowledge about each team, who they're recruiting, what's going on inside the coaching rooms, stuff that we on the national level can never cover. So they are irreplaceable, our local experts, and Sam a prime among them. If you want to let us know what we should cover in the upcoming weeks, be sure to hit us up with a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Put that content suggestion in your rating and review, and that way I'll know that you want us to cover a specific team, be it Duke, Kentucky, or maybe Wisconsin, or maybe Cal State Fullerton. You tell us in the reviews. That way I know that's what you want. Be sure to subscribe, especially if you're coming to us from the Embeds, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We are everywhere. That's all. That's all my requests. That's going to do it for today's episode of the 24-7 Sports College Basketball Show. I'm Tony Levitt, and we'll see you next week.